What's up, people? It is Casey. And how is it already March 7th? I mean, I'm excited because that means that summer's coming. Um, And I live in New England, so it's been cold AF for the last like four months. Um, But with summer coming, there's also something super exciting happening. The Summer Collective. Yes, you heard it here. Collective signups are opening up for our Summer Collective, which starts on April 4th. It's a 10-week program. It runs until June 8th, and we meet every Monday and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, bringing you Task List 5, all of it, bringing you Cooper, bringing you Ethics, helping you study so you can pass your BCBA or BCABA exam once and for all or one and done. Liat and I have created an awesome, fun Real raw. You're never going to forget this shit, I swear, uh, with these examples that Liat comes up with in her crazy head. But we are so excited. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com and sign up for the Summer Collective. Save your seat. We can't wait to see you. Love you. Mean it. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 112. We are slowly veering Casey away from making the rhymes, and I think in general we probably should veer away from making rhymes, but Casey, quote, said to me, you had one effing job to make a rhyme for today's podcast. So I'm literally doing it on the spot right now. So episode 112, tonight's Today's. I have one. If you if you really can't follow through with your own we're gonna job, delve into hey, that's what I was going to say. Human what? behavior. We're going to delve. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. One twelve, and it's not tonight. I don't know why I said that. I'm still on tonight because Kobe's not sleeping at night, and I'm like literally about to pass out. We also taught class last night really late. It was a good one because she taught it. I know. Okay. That's why. Anyways, let's get into. Giving ourselves some reinforcement. What's going on? Do people love us? Give us a review of the day. <laughs> so since last one, we've had like 10 more reviews, which is awesome. We're up to 1,025. This is badass. All right. This one's coming in from 123EVM. She titled it The Third Biatch. Okay. Nice to meet you. Um, she said, I came across this podcast after searching for ways to study for my RBT. I am now an RBT studying for my exam and will be finishing with school a year from now. Through this podcast, I have learned concepts I have not even come across in my program. That just proves this podcast is for everyone. I love listening between sessions and even at home when I'm cooking. LOL. I've literally shared this podcast with anyone and everyone I come across in my field as I swear by it to give me those light bulb moments. I cannot wait to take the collective once I'm done with my program. And this is a year from now. I just love how sweet Casey is. Thank you. And how real and straight Liat is. See, I didn't just do it about me. Keep on posting. I know. I edited it. No, I'm just kidding. She really did say that. So That is so sweet. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. Mm -hmm. We live for the reviews. And I have to say, and I don't say this lightly, it's literally what keeps us going. So continue to leave us reviews and only five-star reviews if you have nothing nice to say. Write it on a piece of paper and throw it in the trash can. <laughs> Thank you. Just so you, you feel gotta, like you're yeah, that, you know? Get it out of your head. All right. So, Liat, today 
this, I like to also talk a little bit how our guests like contacted us. So when they do come on, I want to ask them how they found us. But I got an email from these, this guy, Brian, um, and I was really interested. I get a lot of emails and this one caught my eye because they said that they deal in human behavior, but in a much different context than what we do. Um, they also have a podcast. We'll talk about that too. But today's guests are two guys that might be the male version of Leah and Casey um, in a different field, but they're really cool. Um, we have Greg Williams and Brian Marin. So I'll give you a little quick background about them. Um, so Greg is the president and founder of Arcadia. I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. Cognoretti. Oh, you nailed Cognorati. it. Cognorati. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Cognorati. Um, and Brian is the senior vice president of that same place that I just said, Cognorati. <laughs> um, they also run a podcast, Left of Greg podcast. Um, they have both had a shit ton of military experience. And they, right now, the thing that I, I think what I take away is they work a lot with human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. Um, if you, what I loved is their podcast description that really caught my eye. And I think it will with you guys. It says, do you ever wonder why people act the way they do? Yes. That's like literally what our podcast is about. Join human behavior experts, Brian Marin and Greg Williams. As they, as they discuss all things, human behavior related, their goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of HBPRA, which is human behavior pattern recognition and analysis. What is that? It's a scientific and fun way to understand and articulate human behavior cues so that you can predict likely outcomes. And it works regardless of your race, religion, political ideology, or culture. So, wow, that's awesome and super, super cool and interesting. So welcome to the show, Brian and Greg. Thank, thank you so much for having us on. We're we need excited. to be unofficial bitches, and we don't know how to ask for that uh, <laughs> uh, tagline. And I demand that Liat rhyme it. something with Cognorati. So, because you nailed it. And that's Cognorati. the first really, yeah. Cognorati so, Maserati. There you go. There we go. <laughs> exactly. And that's how we bring it into your house each week. That's hilarious. Illuminati. There you go. There that's you where go. I got it from. You know what? We were coming up with a business name, and Arcadia was simple. It's old. It's Greek. It's an island where good people thought about great things and philosophized and psychologized and sociologized. But the second word, what do we do for that? So I looked at paparazzi, Illuminati, do you get what I'm saying? And Cognorati, man, the yeah. cognition part of the, the show. So you nailed it. Mm -hmm. uh, few people make the connection uh, on the title. Very few. Well, Most people I'm, just wait, write so in and say, hey, learning. look, Brian looks like Jared Leto. You know, so that's what the. That's what <laughs> He's got these dreamy blue eyes. I'm Doesn't telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we thought of our interview, and Casey's like, "He's hot." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is already check. starting off. Well, I like where this is going. We can do an hour about me. Keep this professional. Check like tape. Professional. I think that was me. <laughs> yeah. I think she was talking about me. No, she was talking about, wait, who do you think I was talking about? By I was sheer weight, Casey. <laughs> Come on. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Thank you. So, Brian, first question. How did you find our podcast? I'm so interested. So I, I try to kind of branch out. Part of what we do is is always about, you know, gaining a different perspective. You know, mm -hmm. you understand, you know, 
how to take a different perspective in life. Well, that's really, really, really hard for people to do, right? Psychologically speaking, that's extremely difficult. It's why we have so many issues in the world, right? Yep. Um, so what I always try to do, and Greg, we, we both teach is like, put, you have to get outside of what you normally do. Go find something else. So the idea is there's no one who really does what we do. There's people that actually, it's kind of funny, have tried to copy some of Greg's programs that he's written a long time ago and are doing it. And it, it's it's bad. It's like a bad VHS tape. And gosh, are they? horrible but uh for, but but the idea is well, well who's in a similar area that that would be interested in what we do in this and so you know just knowing a little bit what i know about behavioral analysis and um kind of early childhood intervention my mom is an occupational therapist and has been working with like autistic kids for my whole life and so like i know a little bit about that and i came across yours and it's like okay one behavior bitches you got me already with the title what is this and then when i listened to you too i was like okay this, I had that same thing. Like they have the same dynamic that Greg and I have. This is hilarious. You talk about really serious, informative stuff, but you're also just normal people. And that's what we try to do with us. So we can get really, really highbrow scientific about some of it. You know, we, we, because we have to know that as subject matter experts, but we always try to street it up. We try to go, look, this is why things are, this is the way people act. This is why they act this way. This is what you can understand from. So there was just kind of almost this familiarity when I, when I started listening to some of your episodes and, and what you guys do and how you interact. I was like, all right, they're hilarious, whatever. I'll just reach out to them and, and see what they think. You know, we I love it. shot in the dark. And, and so I appreciate that you, you answered my emails. So. Yeah, no. And it's funny because I actually sent you one, but I responded to me yeah. myself or something. And so I was like, are these guys ghosting us? Like I sent them a That's freaking exactly. Calendly link like yeah. weeks ago. And and then and then you send me one and then I literally spell my name wrong in there <laughs> with my email so I don't get the email calendar invite. I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to reach out to you directly. I'm a moron. This is yeah. what happened. You, you have to remember so, that Mc, so, McDreamy yeah. has to answer a whole lot of fan mail each week. So when McDreamy <laughs> when McDreamy is on that vein down and our, in, he's not thinking of our an fan hour. mail. Our fan mail is likely very different than your fan mail. I though. would think so. so. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. So okay, well, I have know, one quick question too. Yeah. I, I, and Casey, I don't want to cut you off, which is my favorite thing to do. I know. But I also, I think it's cool a little bit of their their backgrounds, as because I when we did it, we always do a pre interview, everyone, and when we were doing our pre interview, you know, a, a lot of it was like, well, what's your background in? And I am someone who believes that, and this is going to go against everything we teach because we are teaching people to take this exam, but not everything is learned in school, you know, and you might be really good at school, but you might be really dumb in real life, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about that. But I, when I asked you guys, like, what's your background in, I really appreciated the answer. So I want to know if you could share with anyone listening, what are your backgrounds in, um, and then how you two came together? So I guess I don't know, Greg. Greg, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, we'll go age before beauty there, uh, Leto. So the the idea is very simple. I, I was a hood rat uh, uh, in in Detroit, which uh, is a big area uh, that lends itself to hood rattiness. And uh, so I uh, <laughs> had to profile coppers to, to avoid getting caught. So I started human behavior pattern recognition, and I found that I was really good at it. So then. After getting caught too many times, I said, okay, I have to flee. I decided to join the United States military. I got an in incredible uh, uh, education there. 
uh, came back out. It was either General Motors in Detroit or being a copper. Uh, went out on the street as a copper because I knew what it was like to be a criminal. I was a very good copper. Uh, was lucky enough to uh, uh, continue my uh, human behavior pattern recognition and add analysis to that. I'll let Brian touch on that. And uh, of all the crappy places I had to work in the world, 53 places, uh, 53 different countries, I kept running into Brian in the absolute worst. So Iraq, there's Marin. Uh, Afghanistan, there's Marin. Uh, uh, you know, some seedy side street in uh, Thailand, there's Marin. Uh, so it only made sense that Marin and I uh, would somehow uh, work together in some capacity or uh, 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 have a relationship. And he spurned all attempts at that. So, uh, Brian, you want to give your back? So, so I uh, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Chicago, and then uh, I ended up uh, kind of similar to, to Greg, just being being a, a punk kid on the street, I guess. Um, and then it grew up eventually enlisted in the Marine Corps. Uh, spent some time in there. Was a, a sniper in the Marine Corps, um, and then worked for the Marine Corps and other government agencies after that for for a long time. And and like Greg's saying, I kept running into Greg. First, he was initially, uh, when I ran into probably 2006 or seven, I don't know what it was, um, he was implementing a program in the military for specifically for the Marine Corps called the Combat Hunter Program, where it was literally either a few days or a few weeks of training course, depending on what you're going through, all about understanding human behavior. So he brought that to the military. They hired him to do that. His 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 bio there that he gave was was very humble, uh, but he got hired to come in and do that, right? So that's where I initially ran into him, kept running into him. Finally, like Afghanistan, 2012, he's like, hey man, like we keep running into each other. Do you want to come work with me? So that's kind of where we started that. And we were working for a different company at the time. Um, they were not a great company, did not understand human behavior very well because they were poor managers Amazingly. at it, yeah. uh, but had, had their had their own way of doing things. And then, you know, we that, that ship was sinking uh, a while back. So we got out and started our own firm. And that's what we've been doing now just together for several years with this with a small group of folks. And that's kind of how, how we got started where we're at today. I, love so I have a question. Is Iraq like like a thousand square feet or something? That you guys just run into, or no, no it's, 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 I'm sorry. There's there's only so many places where there's a lot of action going on, and and that's so so your chances of running into someone or being somewhere at the same place at the same time, the world is actually incredibly small. So amazingly, so, I, I mean, so. depending on yeah, okay, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like like what's going on? This is sounding like no no no. This is oh yeah, this is this is bigger. It. This is string theory. <laughs> So, so I'll give you just one. I'm, I'm outside of a place that's outside of Baghdad, that's outside of uh, uh, some other place. And I see him and I just kind of make a mental note. That's kind of unusual. Well, uh, I'm outside of uh, Kandahar Airfield uh, just a short time later. And I go, well, this is remarkable. It's him. And I go over and I just strike up a conversation with Brian. And Brian's wearing his cool little Delta helmet. and He's got his kit on and all his weapons and stuff. And he looks at me, he goes, hey, man, uh, I'm on the job. And it was the funniest yeah, time I ever. Like, because <laughs> it was like, do you understand that I'm working? And, you know, I'm a big bombastic <laughs> idiot. So I'm in, like, the most dangerous place in the world. And I'm having a good conversation with a dear friend. And Marin's like, eh, you may want to take cover. Yeah, I had to do know? the, Greg, Greg, for one, one uh, I'm working right now. And two, I'm technically not here right now. So exactly. can you please stop having a conversation with me? <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing. That's so crazy. What? Like, your, what, like your job's important? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've never had an important job, so I take myself very lightly. Uh, 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 Jared, uh, uh, Marin, I guess, uh, we'll call him today, has had so many of those <laughs> secret squirrel jobs that like, even now I don't know what his true identity is. 
is like <laughs> wild. He is. Look at his hair, even. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you just get that feeling that he's one of those wild. Everyone's people. probably wondering on the podcast, like, why is this only audio? And <laughs> what's your appetite? Worry, we'll, post a, we'll, we'll, we'll post a pic. We'll, we'll get a, a, a pic of him um, laying at the pool. He know? must be <laughs> so awkward right now. Oh my gosh! You're just now you're making this all about me, which is I I I, I hate. hate. It makes me so uncomfortable, I and I get why? so okay, fine. I love it. So make it about me. It's fine. I love the attention. I'm just kidding. That's great. All right. So anyways, this is – so first of all, I mean, I will not go too off topic, but just that role alone of being a sniper and in places is just fascinating to me. You know, it's, I it's, um, it's a lot more boring than people think. Um, the most stuff you in the military is actually, they're really good at taking the fun out of it, but, but it's, it's actually more about being patient yeah, and isn't it a having lot good observations yeah, or laying or in uncomfortable positions. I have the, I have the nerve damage to prove that, but, uh, the idea is it's, it's a, it's a lot of patience and it's a lot of observation. That's actually your main role as a sniper is technically you're the eyes and the ears out there. So you, you have a view and perspective into that daily life that's going on in the area that you're watching that other people don't because you're in a clandestine position. No one knows you're there. So you're getting a true feel for what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's especially at a younger age, a lot of, a lot of guys who go into it end up kind of washing out because they're like, Hey, this isn't for me. They're like, I want to boot doors and ram cars. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to lay here and stare and take notes and be up for two days straight. So it's just a different, it's a different perspective. And Marin also got the chance to lay with other hot Marines in a very tight close quarter (laughs) position for an extended period. So there's that. Yeah. It's an added bonus, added bonus of the job, you know? Love it. Wait, my last thing about that, and then I'll stop. This is all for my personal um, needing to know. So let's say you are laying somewhere, looking on top of a building, wherever it is, I don't know, down low, wherever you are. When you're – are you looking at like a – or it's always different. Like are you looking at like an empty desert field and then like if one person comes in, that's like – or is it like, okay, you're looking at a city – like and how it works and it's like something about this seems weird yeah, or not it, weird it, like it's like that's when your pattern analysis essentially is starting looking at i don't know i might be using exactly no no and and that's a great question and it completely depends on the mission and where you're at but yeah i've had both well, all of those experiences one it's like okay you're looking at basically a single village one you're in the middle of a busy city uh one you're basically out in the middle of nowhere and if anyone's coming by there it's for really bad reasons because there's no reason to be out there so it it all depends and it's and it's you know growing up in a city growing up in chicago kind of gave me a big advantage in those areas because operating inside of a city i understand stood things a little bit better than and then maybe the guys who grew up in the country but then once we went out to those country places they they were like oh no man that, there's no reason for that guy to be there i'm like what do you mean he's farming over there he's like dude that's not how you farm <laughs> i'm like oh okay <laughs> so so there's there's those perspectives really add to it so so it can it can be in in uh in in any area just just depending on where you're deployed to so i was um i was wanted to circle back to the beginning when you talked about like reaching out, going outside of your, you know, boundaries and like, you know, do people that like, again, we always say that human behavior is human behavior and we all talk about it differently. But when we have guests on that do it, like have 
um, a different background or are implementing it differently than we are, um, we always have the same, like we understand it. We're talking the same yep. language. Um, and that's one of the goals of our podcast and it always has been is to bring and disseminate the science because we we all know and everyone listening, ABA has done a shitty job of disseminating the science because it's been so pigeonholed into um, the autism diagnosis um, mm -hmm. due to insurance and that's where the money is. Yep. Um, but it's not where it started. And it's also, it's like human behavior is human behavior. And so it's for anyone, anywhere, figuring as out. As well as how technical it's described. That yeah. It's, like it's, all it's the words are so jargony so, and no one gets them. So I'll give you that. That's a great, you know, we, we come across those same issues for one and two. And I even saw something when I, when I was originally looking guys up, I mean, yeah, you reference like Skinner or something like that. And yeah. that has nothing to do with, with someone on autism spectrum. Right. So, mm -hmm. so you're, you're throwing it back to all these people that, that kind of created this stuff. Well, that's why we call it human behavior, pattern recognition and analysis. So the quick definition of that, it's a scientific term for something that everyone knows how to do. So I always say, if you're listening to this right now, close your eyes, think back to when you're a little kid or don't close your eyes if you're driving or something, but think back to when you're a little kid, real little, you know, when you knew no matter who it was that raised you, whether it was mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt and uncle, whoever it was that raised you, right. Or had a significant impact. You knew when you were a little kid, when they walked in the room before they ever said a word, whether they're happy, whether they're sad. In my case, I got to go run and hide because my mom's pissed about something that I did. Right. That's human behavior pattern recognition. What we don't get a lot of training in is analysis. Now the analysis is is kind of where we come in, and I and I also use the word training because training and education are two separate and distinct things, right? Um, the education part of this, we can you can have the pundits come on and talk about, oh well, that's their culture or that's their religion or because of their political ideology, to, and we're like, hey, that's all great. Uh, uh, to talk about uh, on the news or something and make a lot of money, but none of that stuff really matters. There's stuff deeper going on uh, with all humans, sociologically, psychologically, and physiologically that if I have a better understanding of, I can determine what their intent is. I can determine what's likely going on here. I can conduct predictive analysis. And then in our case, what we train people to do is, is how do you mitigate a catastrophic event, right? Uh, whether that's, okay, something as serious as a terrorist attack or a shooting or a school shooting, like all of those things are completely preventable. And I don't think people really realize that, right? We talk about, you know, predicting likely outcomes and how to analyze behavior. Most people do it in very like narrow context. So, so specifically for, for like behavioral analysts who are, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, analyzing this child for the purposes of a therapeutic intervention uh, uh, to get them to this area. That's a very specific context. Well, we take the general approach, right, uh, of how to understand everything. And what that allows us to do is work in many different areas. So yes, with military and tier one units and the intelligence community, but also with suicide prevention, sexual harassment and assault prevention, Right? How do you actually prevent these things? Uh, uh, Fortune 100 companies with different issues they have going. We get to play in all of these different areas because our general theoretical framework works no matter where we're at. And, and that's kind of, I, I, I think we probably likely run into those same issues where you have these doctrinal terms, you have this education process, but you know it, you can go to school and get a degree for what you do. Yeah. Go, go do it now. Go work with a group of kids. I mean, that's that a, word alone, doctrinal, doc, I've never even heard of that word. Uh, yeah. Doctrine is like a military doctrine oh, word. And, doctrine. and even that, 
yeah. So like, that's like, I don't even know how to officially define that word. And I think most of the people that use it don't either, but it's, it's like a <laughs> general you know way of doing it. things. Okay. Yeah. It's a general way of doing things is, is doctrine it says we, we do things this way. This is why we do it that way. Right. So that's mm-hmm. how I'm going to do it. So, um, I, I think we'd likely, I'll let Greg go ahead. I know you want to get in. No, there. No, just, we probably I, run into a lot of the same issues. I, I would add this briefly. I would add all my life I've been frustrated because uh, everybody that quotes Freud or Young or Skinner or Seligman or Klein or Joan Johnson, uh, uh, I met all those folks except for, you know, Freud and Young, uh, uh, you know, and B.F. Skinner. I read every word that he wrote, even stuff that he wrote on a napkin. But you know what? They're all wonderful volumes that are set up on a shelf somewhere that you got to blow the dust off of to go to page 237 uh, uh, to ask a stupid question for somebody to write a stupid answer for, and nobody is actually doing it practically on the street. So my entire career has been doing it on the street, and I used to be so intimidated. Uh, uh, I'd get hired by, and I'm going to use a bunch of letters that you'll have to look up later, but uh, USDOD, USDOJ, uh, the you know uh, JFCOM, JAIDO, uh, uh, DARPA, IARPA, uh, been to the Pentagon, you know, been to Congress. Uh, you sound like uh, a behavior analyst. Paper. That's what we do with all those words. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so so the idea is that I've been in all those places and I was intimidated at the beginning because I was a street hood. I was a street kid. I was a copper. I was nobody. And then all of a sudden I figured out these guys don't get it. None of the humans, the boys or girls that were in those rooms got it. And all they kept talking about is the clinical sense. And it's like, okay, I'll give you one brief example, very brief example. So they were talking about adding a stressor to a test that we were doing for a thing called Fight JCTD on the West Coast. Future Immersive Training Environment Joint Capability Training Demonstration. They probably spent a billion dollars on it. So the stress that they wanted to put these Marines under for episodic uh, saliva testing was some Marines would have their hands in no water, some in warm water, and some in cold water. Now, these Marines were coming back in body bags. Uh, uh, They had to identify them by their DNA. Uh, uh, And you're going to sit there and conduct an experiment in a well-lit room uh, in Southern California while you're having a, you know, a chai latte and say that that is a a, a significant stressor. So I call bullshit and I've been doing it my entire career and I'm nobody, I'm nothing. But you know what? 53 countries and all those alphabets later, they still come to me for the answers. So the idea is what you guys do is phenomenal, but you got to And you know this, you got to sometimes get out of the lab. You sometimes got to go down on the street. You know, I, I would say next week, buy Cigar Aficionado magazine and read it cover to cover. And it'll give you an insight into a part of life that you've never been. Uh, uh, look up rye whiskey, something that you've never had in your entire life. I don't even know what rye whiskey is. I'm spitballing now. But but I know there is a thing called rye. Well, why is it rye? Where did that come from? Look up the Irish potato famine and, and write a paper on it. Why? Because there's this whole world that's spinning around you, and you think you're a subject matter expert in one sliver of it. You know, you got to step back off that ego once in a while to truly understand other humans. I'm like, you're like talking to me right now because I'm just thinking like, Liat and I are so um, like obsessed with test prep, and it's like our right. identity, and like, and we're like there's a bit we just expanded to do like continuing education units. And for some reason we've had this like block of like, why can't we like, we're, we're very well trained. We should be able to easily do this, but we're so like, we're test prep, test prep, test prep. It's like stepping back and being like, okay, I need to interact with other humans, expand my skills. Like, do you ever feel that way, Liat? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think the podcast allows us to do that. Like I was thinking the other day, I was like, how effing cool. Like we get to talk to, the coolest people doing different things, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, 
as someone with severe ADHD, it's good that I'm able to have one thing as my kind of my focus. Your niche. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but at the same time, because otherwise I am the kind of person who'd be like, yeah, I'm pursuing forensic psychology over here and over here I'm doing military analysis and over here I'm doing hostage negotiation, you know, but this And way, then over like, here you have an Etsy store that you make those like Jewish, <laughs> what are they called? Yeah, like, like <laughs> this girl can hustle. <laughs> However, but it's like this opportunity on the podcast is to get to, it's like I get to be a part of all these things and hear about all of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm someone I like to ask questions. So I could sit here and ask you probably like inappropriate details about your, like I think there's certain things and people are in the military, you don't ask them, right? No, you ask away. We're completely exactly. open book about everything. And and I actually- yeah. What's inappropriate yeah. <laughs> No, I thought there's like this like respect code. Yeah. You know, most people, Liat, don't have a clue to what we really do. And we're nobody. We're just humans like everybody else. We just happen to be laser focused on one aspect of human life that we've uh, we unlocked the code on. And and it's fun to do that. Uh, uh, when, when I'm on an airplane, we spend a lot of time traveling. When I'm on an airplane uh, and you talked about forensics, people always, you know, want to start up the conversation. I hate talking. I'm so shy. Uh, so I start by either saying one of two things, uh, either I'll look them straight in the face and say, I'm sorry, I don't speak English. And then I'll go back to whatever I'm doing. And, and that does it because they never want to be embarrassed and go further. Or the second one is I say, yeah. I'm a forensic cryptozoologist. Uh, I, I study uh, 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 things that never existed in great detail. Uh, and, and I can give you a legal you know, uh, opinion on them. And, and right away, I'd people like, are okay, baffled. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> so are you I kidding? Like I'd be like, tell me know. more. What is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Leon, I, I, I'd, I'd actually trigger your ADHD and not get rid of you. I'd have to, to buy a bunch of drinks and then <laughs> yes. have the air marshal tackle you. You know, dart you like no, a wild No, you just rhino. need to be like, I'm a barista at Starbucks, okay? <laughs> but actually, I'm the kind of person I'd still ask you questions. I'm like, how stressed are you? Like, these people come in, like, pissed off. They don't have the right amount of foam in their drink. Like, is it hard? I always imagine blah, 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 blah. Oh, to the barista at Starbucks? Yeah, and then I'd be like, I heard they have great and benefits. I heard Starbucks is known for having the best benefits, and they pay for IVF. You know, like, this is me. Like, I that take every you. fact I know. And yeah, the other like, day, I, my husband and I are probably going to have to go that route for fertility. And she's like, Casey, you could go work at Starbucks and get <laughs> benefits. Oh, my gosh. I was like, are you firing me right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Well, you know what? I'll tell you another okay, thing. Okay, so I – you just conducted a limited objective experiment. Both of you just talked about it. If yeah. I was a copper in a big city and I wanted to understand sociological and psychological de-escalation, I would go to Starbucks and watch baristas because the same uh, effect happens to gate agents when your flight is delayed or they cancel it mm-hmm. because of weather. And of course, the gate agent is the you know uh, uh, airline owner that can handle everything and right, get you on right. that plane, right? And the pilot but, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? It's easy to go high and right on humans when you think you're in the right. Sometimes what you got to do is you got to sit back and just listen. Or sometimes even sit back and color and let the big people talk and wait till they're done before you step in. But we don't do that as humans. We want to be in charge of our fragile little ecosystems. We want to take lead in every encounter. Yep. It's so true. I find myself doing that in class too. I, I, I have to be right. I have to be like, uh, if I, if Liat veers off at all, I have like super, like, I'm like, this is not the way we teach this. Like psycho. (laughs) 
She's like, can you just have an open mind for once? Okay, so you just clarified. (laughs) Uh, You you, you have to understand, Case, what you just did is you clarified why Brian and I work. Because that's exactly what it is. I'm the Liat Mm -hmm. and and Brian's the Casey when we get into anything. And Brian has to keep grounding me and goes, hey, uh, uh, this is all well and good, but do you understand you're on stage right now? Do you understand that they're recording? <laughs> because I, my mind wanders and I have fun and I love to talk to humans, you know? So, so Brian yeah. is definitely the brains and the brawn and the look of, of the operation. Me too. So is Casey. <laughs> Just so is Casey. like Casey. I'm, like the, fun, I, I'm the funny one. I'm the funny one. We have the funny <laughs> chill one and I'm like the like researcher um, – rein us in when I think it's getting out of control right. and prep and everything. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to know like what you guys do when we say, what do you do? Like it sounds abstract to someone listening. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How are you paying your bills with what you do? I think that's a good way to put paying it. Bills. Because- yeah. So, <laughs> like- so, so we have, we have, um, we call it, it's a consulting and training company is what Arcadia is. And so people hire us to develop, um, you know, training programs to address very, usually very specific needs, right? So for example, we have a course next week, we're traveling to Atlantic City. Um, it's mostly federal law enforcement agents in this class, right? So what we're doing is training them on how to read and understand human behavior, again, so we can identify what we would call pre-event indicators, right? That's leading to some likely uh, outcome so that you can mitigate it, right? I can intervene at an earlier level. Uh, So what we teach people to do is literally look for danger or opportunity. So those are two very, very similar things. So Danger might be the person that's going to rob you at the gas station. But if I take it from that criminal's perspective, that criminal is looking for opportunity. So they're, they're very, very similar. And, and so that's what we focus too on like private sector clients. Like how do I identify and capitalize an opportunity, right? Uh, how do I build my team together to all be on the same page? Well, that's about communication. So I need a common lexicon to use to when I say something through a radio Greg on the other end knows exactly what I'm saying. Well, that's really, really difficult, right? Most problems come down to communication issues. I mean, look at every look at every relationship issue, right? A lot of times it's not what the actual problem is. It's you, we don't know how to communicate it to the other person. So we stick to literally the psychological, sociological, physiological principles of human behavior that we can identify things no matter where we're at in the world to know, okay, this is rising to a level. This is something I need to pay attention to. But the rest of this stuff over here is just normal benign junk that I that I don't want to pay attention to because it's right. distracting me from the things that I actually need to look on. So mm-hmm. so yes, in some sense, we're, sometimes we're training people how to find that needle in a haystack, but we start with going, hey, Let's get rid of as much of this hay as possible before we jump in and start looking for that needle. I just want to say the next thing we do is we feed hay to that, that horse. The horse poops it out, and then we use a metal detector to find the needle. There is so much. We, we just want to debunk, too. We want you to understand there is so much parlor tricks and char, uh, charlatans out there that think that they know human behavior. And you know what they're doing? They're, they're teaching uh, body language and deception cues is the first thing out of the chute. Uh, uh, you know, we, we talk about a thing. Uh, 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 no, we talk about a think with the K. We want you to be able to go in a room and know where to sit in a room to get people to pay attention to you and listen to you. We want to be able to, to mm-hmm. tell you that the person that you're talking to is already closed off and they're not listening. And this is the way to rejuvenate that conversation. We want to be able to take over an entire village that needs taken over without firing a shot or hurting or killing one person 
and we want to do it all in a legal, moral, and ethical mean that's backed by science. So it's hard to explain what we do. You can't really get an elevator pitch out of it. But I'll tell you what, if somebody actually takes a minute to, to listen and see it, they'll be pleasantly surprised because it works in any encounter. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Leah. No, it's fine. I was just, I, anyone who was listening and studying for their exam, um, just the, the language that we would utilize uh, as to mm-hmm. what was being spoken about would be a precursor yep. to a behavior. That's what we call it in ABA. And that's mm-hmm. that idea of, all right, we have a client who is very aggressive. You know, when you start seeing them grind their teeth or like, you know, maybe like they start by like playing with their hair or twirling their hair, like you got to know these things before it actually gets to an elevated level in how you're going to deal with these different situations or like, you know, a dog. Like if you see them starting to growl or whatever it is or pace, like are are you, you got to have some. You know, and a lot of this is built up naturally with certain yep. things, but a lot of people are missing, you know, a lot of, you know, Pavlov, my dog. He Great is. Yeah. I, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Just stay on brand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he is. Like, I have a baby now, and right. Pavlov is a little nuts. I mean, he has definitely conditioned me, not the opposite, but. The baby, for example, like he knows that the other dog he could pet. And so he'll go to Pavlov also and not realize that Pavlov's growling right then. And I'm like, it makes me nervous because I'm thinking, dude, I wouldn't go up to a dog that was doing that, right? But he's a baby and he hasn't been exposed or, you know, come into contact with consequences. So a lot of us, we learn these things over time and- so it's 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 cool that you guys are taking these different patterns and teaching people because it's one thing if it's a situation you've been in, right? Like you've been bit mm-hmm. by a dog, you know what happened. But some things you don't ever want to come into contact with the consequence and you're going to need to learn how to recognize these without you actually getting bitten by a dog or I'm sure exactly. in much more extreme situations, I'm just tying it to a, a little no, and that's dog I, with I, a flat face who could barely bite. But exactly. Still. <laughs> That, that's a great point that you bring up in a couple of ways because you you even actually said it when you said, well, yeah, my dog's name is Pavlog and, you know, well, technically my dog conditioned me and that you just actually hit it on the head is that, you know, we forget sometimes that people teach you how they want to be treated. So yes, you trained your dog a certain way, but then your dog has also figured it out and gone, okay, well, I'm going to teach you what's important to me. And that relationship goes back and forth, whether it's with a dog or a human. So it's always, what am I, what, am, what, what do I want to teach this person or, yeah. or, or the, or, or the, the world of anyone I, I interact with. And, and that same thing, you're talking about looking at these little indicators that will likely mean something, right? I have to put all of those indicators into context and figure out where is this likely going? And you, your other point of, yeah, you know what? I I've never been bit by a dog, so I never thought that would happen to me. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's what we see constantly with everything is no one ever thinks of the worst situation, right? Which yep. is good. That means like you're, most people are generally good. So you think good of another human being. So you go, wow, I never saw it coming. I never thought they can do that. Even though all of those indicators were laying out in front of you. So what you're looking for is kind of similar to, to what you guys do is we teach 
how to look for incongruent signals. Something here doesn't fit a baseline for what's normal. And what we mean by normal in a clinical sense if for the given context that you're in. I don't you know, mean like, oh, that's not normal music that people listen to or something. I just mean in a clinical sense. So you're looking for some incongruent behavior and all all incongruence has to be explained. There's a reason for that. There, now, whether it's benign and not a big deal or it's something extremely serious will be determined by that investigation. But, but that incongruence is where what we train people how to look for. Get that old uh, uh, film, Armed and Dangerous, with uh, John Candy and Eugene Levy. And, and there's a scene in there where uh, they, they have a 15-minute training and being a security guard. And the guy goes, okay, so if a guy's lying, can I shoot him? Uh, uh, the, the problem with what Brian said is most human beings are good at, at understanding pre-event indicators. The problem is that they don't also apply what we teach, the advanced critical thinking, to make a decision on what it likely means. There's two things, likelihood and inevitability. Right. Okay, So just because the person uh, is twisting their hair, that's a huge anxiety uh, uh, signal. But is it because you're rattling on and they've got somewhere else to be? Is it because they have to go to the bathroom? Or is it because they're going, hey, I'm tuning out, and the next thing is I'm coming across the desk to slap you? Those are so different in spirals and so different in magnitude. That's what we teach. We teach what's most likely about to happen. And if what's most likely about to happen is an opportunity, shut up and listen. And if what's most likely is going to be a danger cue, uh, maybe it's time to plug your ears and get behind cover. And, and we just simplify that for the human brain. That's all we do. Mm-hmm. You guys would be great at leading um, your training for BCBAs because we are always in really high stress situations. Um, and I know a lot of people, they study, they can rattle off the Cooper textbook definitions of what to do in that situation or what type of treatment to use and FCT, DRO with a DRA and EXT <laughs> on a fixed one ratio schedule and blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, okay, now you're in the fucking situation. What does this really yeah. look like? Are you going to, does that help you when a client is tantruming in a grocery store and the police are coming and it's a grown adult with autism and you're like, holy shit, all that goes out the window. Like yep. you need to be like able to recognize patterns and understand how to deescalate and understand their MO in the moment. What might be the reason why they're, you know, throwing themselves on the floor and ripping down shelves in a grocery store. And can you manipulate that before it gets there, right? Figure out what their MO is, their motivating operation, what's going on in their, we call it like a background info, right? Like, did you take them into the grocery store and they hadn't eaten that day, right? Are they starving? And like, exactly. or can we, we prevent that by going to lunch before we go to the grocery store? Like simple things like that, um, we always talk about. And, and one way that we look at that, it's actually, we, we just, um, we, we just recorded and released this week a, a podcast where we call People Want Their Say, Not Their Way. And we, we could deep dive on what that means, but we did for the whole podcast episode. But what you're talking about right there and with the gr- example that Greg brought up in the show, which I love is, I don't know if you remember the movie uh, Office Space, um, uh, where the guy with the, he had the red swing line stapler and like they were like, you know, he'd firing him and he's always complaining, I'm going to come back and burn this place down. That running dialogue, right, w- is yeah. we all have that. We all have that. And so we don't understand when certain things happen because, but if you were able to, you know, if I had some device I could put in my ear and I could point at you and I could hear what you're running internal dialogue in, man, I'd know exactly what you're going to do. I know exactly where you're going and what you're thinking, but we don't have that. But it's good to know 
I can sit there and we use these as thinking points. Okay, I see these things happening. What is this person's running dialogue? Because that's what you're talking about right now. Well, they're probably hungry because they didn't eat yet today. You know what? They're really irritated because they like strict schedules and we had to move this to a later time. So that threw off. So I've now got three or four indicators prior to anything happening. So I already know this person is escalated. So they're more likely in this context to have some uh, a reaction or overreaction because all of this is going on. So if we can tune into what that inner dialogue is, it helps me sense make and problem solve. And, and, and I would add to Brian's comment, add, add the gift of time and distance. Let's give every one of your listeners, and, and you've got an incredible show and you're so easy to talk to. Let's add the gift of time and distance. Not everything is urgent, important, or opportunity or danger. And when you go into a situation, specifically like Case was just talking about, where <clears throat> all of a sudden it's you, and now the person is agitated and they're anxious and they're moving around, what you have to do is you have to slow time down and you have to fire off a couple of things in your brain and assume that this might be happening or this might be happening, which is the cause of the behavior that you're seeing. And you have to do that you know, wicked quick, but you also don't want to put a round peg into a square hole. You have to make sure that you look at the situation and you look at the surrounding factors and you look at the time of day and what the weather is like and what the person's wearing. And guess what? You know what happens when you don't have training and you don't have experience? You increase your level of violence because you don't understand the situation. So you'll use a greater degree of restraint or you'll, you'll use a less than lethal force tool when all you have to do is go, dude, what's on your heart? Why are you acting this way? What can I help you with right now that gets you off that ledge? I mean, you understand that. That intervention does not have to be mechanical. It does not have to be chemical. It doesn't have to be a tool. And, and I think Brian put that eloquently, but, but not everybody understands that. We want to reach for a thing that is going to get us out of this situation when all you got to do is think your way through it. I totally just had that light bulb. The thing, we always want a thing, a solution, a, yep. um, just add punishment to this, add a restraint to there this, you, go. Um, you know, lock the pantry, do the blah, 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 instead of thinking through yep. of like really what's going on and tuning in and understanding a, the context, what they, what you said, what yep. they need, what they want, right? How easy is that to just ask? And okay, we so work I've with a lot not. of clients that that's really hard. Yeah, I, I have been in hostage situations where people had uh, already killed. They've got a gun. They don't know if they're going to kill themselves or kill the officer. And I always tell them the same thing. Give me second, 60 seconds and I'll change your life. You, you just give me three questions. And, and then when you start talking to a person, all of a sudden they calm down and they start thinking about what it is. And they, they're still agitated. They're still armed. Don't get me wrong. But the idea is that now we're, we're engaging in dialogue. And dialogue is going to come to a conclusion. And look, you're either going to keep killing people and we're going to kill you. You're going to kill yourself or you're going to tell me what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what's going on right now. And you know what? I will tell you, if I'm in a situation and I'm in a grocery store and you're about to hurt me, I will enlist the aid of others. And I will be the first person that says, look, dude, you're scaring me and everybody here. You need to calm down for a minute mm -hmm. and, and tell me how I can help you in the moment. And you know what? People stop for a minute and look at me and go, this guy is crazy as I am. And it's okay to use those terms crazy because you also use the word manipulate. And what I mean is crazy in this environment, not the clinical, uh, uh, you know, uh, phrase where yeah. I'm trying to be pedantic. And and the other thing, when you use manipulate, mm -hmm. Brian and I were talking to some feds the other day. We have a five-part <laughs> series uh, called Battlefield, the boardroom we were doing with them. 
and one person went high and right on Brian because Brian said, you can manipulate the outcome of the situation. Well, that sounds very bad. Manipulate. You want to manipulate? Yeah, you want to manipulate oh, people yeah. so they don't hurt you or hurt themselves. It's okay to use those, yep. you know, that lexicon in that format, the context mm-hmm. of relevance was perfect, perfectly appropriate. Well, that's what I was, we always get, um, we went through a, I don't know, Leah. We did like the different terms in ABA that sound bad when they're not bad. Um, oh, that's our, our CEU coming out. Yeah. And manipulate was one of them. We don't mean like manipulate in that negative connotation. We mean like we can manipulate things in the environment to help people live a better life. And- Extinction. Well, it's, people it's don't a like clinical that word term. It's a clinical term. You know, uh, uh, when a, a child gets to an age, it learns to manipulate like the mm-hmm. toys and its environment. I mean, this is yes. a very clinical term. Uh, it just, it, it has negative connotations. We, there's, we call that, I think it's called semantic creep when all of a sudden, you know, someone, it takes on a new, new meaning or a new term. And it's like, well, here's what I meant by it. Why don't we go off of what my intent was when I use that term? I mean, that that's, mm-hmm. I, I, we, we see a lot of that too. Especially with a public platform where you're like, every word you say, you're like, I got to back it up. And I'm one of those, uh, like overcompensators where same I like, and then I like it. It's like, just stop. You're in a hole now. Like get out, like just own it. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> always all right and there's another thing i wanted to so we always say and i we joke things that we hate people in the field say like it came out of nowhere there was no oh, antecedent oh and we're like uh. okay first of all we're scientists and we're the world is deterministic place where everything happens for a reason nothing occurs in a vacuum there's always yep. something in the environment and i was watching one of your videos about a, the guy who shot the it was like road rage i think yeah and they were like oh it must have just happened and you were like no there the guy threw something at the car right and like yes. yeah so so that that's our biggest thing is everyone you know and and forgive me if I come across as callous when I talk about some of this stuff. This is the world I live in and this, it just hate, death and fear and it's awful stuff. So I, I, I don't mean it that way. I truly empathize with everyone who's involved in these situations, especially victims of these. But like, I can't, I can't sit here and dwell on everyone like that. I'd never be able to leave this room that I'm in. Right. right? So uh, all of these things when we, we, we come across and, and, and the big one is, is school shootings are the big one. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, People are still surprised that this happens in their school. Like we haven't gotten it through our heads that this is a like this could potentially happen to our own child. It's always somewhere else or that happened over there. And every single one, every single one, you could take a list of the things that every school shooter has said, every one of their drawings, everything, and put it in a book. And you wouldn't know that each one of those chapters was by a different author. You would think that this wow. is the same person. They're so identical. But but what do we do? Like We, we don't ever want to intervene. We always say, well, we don't ever attribute value to those observations that we make when we go, well, yeah, that seemed a little odd or, you know what? Yeah, I did notice this or it all comes out after the fact where everyone goes, you know what? Yeah, actually for the past three weeks, they've said this every single day. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like you, you, we didn't, you didn't pay attention to that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's horrible. I'm not trying to blame the people that didn't do that mm-hmm. because we're all guilty of that in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why people don't realize when they have a significant other cheating on them. Uh, that's when people don't realize, you know, they've themselves like, geez, I've gained 15 pounds. I didn't even notice that. It's like, yeah, we don't notice those small, subtle changes in our environment where our body's not primed for that. Our limbic system isn't aware of that stuff. So, so when I, 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 I just have to turn on what I already have going on inside me, we're born still 
we're, we're wired for the survival. We've just, we've just haven't used those skills. We have to dust that off and say, yes, this is, this could likely, this could happen to me. It's unlikely. Right. I always tell even, even folks in our like, you know, tier one military or law enforcement folks that, that are all, that's what their whole job is to go find bad guys. And it's like the worst of the worst, whatever. Even then you're talking about a very, very statistically small amount of people. And what you don't ever want to do is get hyper vigilant. And I always tell people when every morning, when I brush my teeth, I look at myself in the mirror and go, Hey, someone, someone may try to kill you today. Not it's going to happen. Not you got to look around every corner. It just, this, this is a possibility that you have to understand. And all that does is it, it flips a little cognitive switch to go, all right, now we got everything working here that, that we were born with. And it's the same thing in those situations. I have to understand that this could get extremely violent, extremely quickly. So I have to be aware of that. But, but what we do is we take the fear out of it. What you see a lot of people do, and that's what Greg refers to like the charlatans and the people teaching us stuff is they do the, at any second, any time, this could come out of nowhere. You could be attacked doing this. And we're like, shut up. Like you're you're <laughs> yeah. basing everything out of fear. If you're making decisions based in fear, you are not making good decisions. And they're going to be very reactionary. They're going to be very, uh, they're going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be an overreaction because you're activating your limbic system. So now your brain thinks, oh my God, I'm in a survival situation and you will fight your way out of it no matter who you are. Yeah. Right. So we, we just try to remove that fear and have a little bit more awareness. So you can go live your life because it's not fun being surrounded by fear. You know, your amygdala is constantly searching for danger cues in your environment 24-7. That's what it was conditioned to do. Your electrochemical neurotransmitters are sucking your environment dry to try to figure out where that next panther is going to leap out at. If you live your life like that, you're going to live it in a barricade. You're going to limit your friends. You're not going to have fun. Life is easy. All you have to I do is- I feel so called out right now. <laughs> yeah, you know? So you, you, you just have to- look. We spent so much time ordering a number three and supersize it in a clown's mouth that we forgot what it's like to talk to the person in front of us. And if we, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, start engaging in dialogue, the next thing is, is there an app for that? You know, try it uh, on your uh, barista or your server next time that you go to a restaurant. Try to engage them in conversation and look how awkward it is. We can't do that. We were designed to live with people in tribes where we communicate. And we're not talking about kids being different. When we're talking about the kids that are shooting up the school, they're not the different artistic kid that's being bullied. They're the person that there's a unique snowflake with something wrong, and they're communicating it and leaking it on social and talking about danger and death and killing and amassing weapons. So the idea is that when you see those pre-event indications, you have to use artifacts and evidence to determine the likelihood, what's likely coming next. And if you do that all day long, Man, you'll have a wonderful life. You'll love your husband, wife, kids, significant other, you know, and, and your job. If not, then you're going to be covered up like a, a, you know, a domestic violence victim for the rest of your years. And it's not worth it. Life's not, life was meant to be lived. So go out and talk to your barista. Be a like Liat. <laughs> Don't be a Casey where she sits in her office all day and doesn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> be a Liat. No, I'm just kidding. I actually you love talking to no, people. I actually, my favorite thing, you and I, love talking. I always tell um, my husband is like, my favorite thing to do is strike up conversations with like random people. Like there's a, there's a guy, he's a maintenance guy in my building and we pass each other so often because he's, I work from home and my office is across the, the way. And, uh, I'm always like, I'm like, John, and we, I, we know each other's name now. And the other day I'm, he's, he's like, he's like, what are you doing? What do you do for work? And I'm like, great question.
question. How about you come to my office? Let me show you. Because it's kind of confusing. It's not right the typical thing that a, a behavior analyst would typically do. Um, and that's, yeah, you're right. I do love that. So I don't know why I said don't be a Casey. Be a Casey, okay? I, I'm, I'm channeling <laughs> but, but my those inner are the things that, that Yeah, Brian, yeah, I'm channeling those, my inner Leah because what Casey just talked about, John sees more in 15 minutes than yeah. you see all week. So he's the yes. perfect person yes. to measure the atmospherics of your day. How is your day going to totally. be? Take a look at John. You know, but people don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to cut you off, Brian. No, no that's exactly what I was getting into is that a lot of times that's where we, we have to train folks, especially different organizations. Like, hey, the person working the front desk at your, your facility here, uh, uh, they, they know what's going on. The, 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 the custodian, the janitor, the person cleaning up here, they yep. know what's going on better than anyone. That's who we get all our information from when we do things like what we call like critical uh, threat vulnerability assessments and stuff like that. Yeah. You go talk to that person. They know everything. And, and you know, same thing. You go back to school stuff. Kid knows another kid better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. They will straight up tell you what's going on. I asked my little one. She's a, I got a little nine year old insurgent, and and I I always uh, you know I, I oh she is she's terrifying. <laughs> she's so smart now. I've taught her way too much. Love but it. she's same thing. I'm just like, hey, what are the kids talking about out there on the playground? Oh, do you have any kids that like have a, any any issues or, or or no one gets along with or this? And they will tell you. They go, yeah, well, he sometimes does this, and also weird, and he does that, and they'll find out. They, there's only so many things. There's only there's there's like eight different types of people in the whole world. That's it. Like there there really isn't that many more. There's different you know degrees within those people, but mm -hmm. but there's only so many different types of personas, and and so we all kind of fit into those little buckets. So what you're looking for is is those incongruent behaviors, someone that that needs a little bit of extra attention or that needs a little help. I mean that's all we're talking about here. So mm -hmm. I can focus resources. So now I don't have to worry about the thousand people that I'm looking at right here. It's that guy over there and that guy over there. That's it. And that those are the most likely indicators. And stop using Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood gives us yeah. fundamental attribution error and, and a confirmation bias and all those bad things. And, and what you guys do is what we do. We come in and do a cognitive task analysis. What is it that you need? Then we address what you need because we don't want to sit there and, and, and chase symptoms all day. Chasing symptoms is like chasing a shot group. You're never going to zero your weapon if you're out there chasing all these ethereals. You know, it, it's got to be the fact. I think, Leah, I don't know if you told me this story or what, but it, when you just said like the custodian knows everything, but like no one thinks to ask. It's, there's a story, wasn't there? Like a a grad student, like a program. Oh yeah. So the CEO. Yes, I love I this story. To a podcast. I forget. I know it's it. Like, I know it. So no, it, no. Let me tell it because I love this story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, 112 episodes in, we are like. Yeah. No, it's the CEO. Whatever. It's the CEO of like one of these like huge companies that some would know, like the equivalent of like Uber or mm -hmm. something that's whatever it is. And, but I think something smarter, maybe like Dell. I, I don't know. They're all smart. Okay. Anyways, point is this guy was saying like school was always so easy to him. Like it came like, okay, yeah, I could do this, you know, whatever. And he like always get straight A's in college and grad school and whatever. And then one professor gave an exam that only had one question. And, and it was they, like for the final, like you, if you didn't pass it, you failed. This the whole was course. your pass or fail of the course, yep. right? And like school was always, and it said, what's the name of the lady who cleans this, this, you know, hall. classroom, yeah. this hall? Yeah. And he was like, shit. <laughs> he had no idea. And he's like, and that's what changed, like, I realize you got to pay attention to all these people doing different things. Mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah, that is a better definition. 
that is a better definition of situation awareness than I've heard in a long time. Because you're exactly right. Yep. If you're grounded, if you're paying attention to the sights, smells, feelings around you, there's probably a reason the hair on the back of your head or neck is standing up. There's probably a reason that you're mm-hmm. getting those butterflies in your stomach. And you what? Uh, 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 demand accountability. Look in your environment for those things that are likely to cause them. You'll have a great day. You really will. It's awesome. You guys are a blast to talk with. Thank you so much Aww. for coming on the show today. Hey, we, we appreciate you guys having us on. We, we, we loved it. I, I, I actually got to reach out to a podcast I wanted to go on and it happened. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> All you got to do is ask. Yeah, that's right. That's another lesson. All true. What's the worst yep. that could happen if you ask? We always worry about that. I'm like, yeah, they're never going to come on. Like with like whatever. And she's like, fuck it. Let's just ask. I'm like, okay. Well, yep. You never know. Never. You, you absolutely so never much know. Fun. You're so much fun. You're so easy to Thank talk you. to. The problem is that I'm going to have withdrawal now. Brian knows me. I'm going to motor. So for the rest of the week, I'm going to go, what's Casey doing? I wonder what Liat's up to. Well, I I'm totally better. <laughs> oh, you don't worry. Follow her on Instagram. She'll post every detail. <laughs> you'll know when she's no, I mean, yeah, you'll know when she's exercising. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it, Greg. You're the best. Jared. Jared. I just called you Jared. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I see how easy it is oh, to manipulate you. Yeah, Keep very easy. Okay. Gotcha. I can see. Wow. Oh my god. Oh. I'm. Anyways, Brian. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank um, you. And now I'm gonna overcome things. Like it's Brian. 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 I'm so sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, guys, you rock. Thank you so much. All right, Leon. Where you know can anyone? Where can anyone find you guys? Oh, yeah. Show notes too. Yeah. Right. So so yeah. I'm sure you guys will put in the links. We have the the Left of Greg podcast. Um, we try to do something for everyone. So if you come across it, scroll through, look at an episode that pops out to you, and and check it out. It give you a different perspective on how we do things. And then uh, our company is ArcadiaCognorati.com. You can you can <laughs> just Google one of us or hit the link. Uh, to find that, but a little bit more about our approach and some of the science behind it. We put everything on there and you can always reach out to us there either through the podcast at leftofgreg at gmail.com or info at arcadiacognorati.com. Um, it, it, I answer every email that I get that I Absolutely. see that someone reaches really out to us with. So, you are so I, I, I do. It might take a couple of days. If it's just a question you want us to talk about on the show, it might take a couple of days. Uh, but if it's something business related, I'm probably on it right away. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, I, I always answer them. So. Well, well I've, met, I've met my soul's counterpart in another. Let's just <laughs> say that. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We love you. Liat. Take it away. All right, guys, you know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, on Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, on our website, behaviorbitches.com. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey, guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio 
All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 